This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 46, Chakras 101. My name is Erica, and I'm your host. For this episode, I sat down with Anodia Judith. Anodia is the director of Sacred Centers, a teaching organization for yoga, psychology, and transformational wisdom. She holds a doctoral degree in human health, a master's in psychology, and she is an ERYT500 yoga teacher. She is considered the foremost Western writer in the subject of the chakra system with several best-selling books, including the classics Wheels of Life and Eastern Body, Western Mind. She teaches worldwide, and she's considered the go-to authority on the chakra system. As always, I really appreciate your financial support with this podcast. So if you can, know that you can make a big difference, even with a small donation, to help me cover production costs and allow me to create more episodes. If you'd like to support me in this, please visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat and become a VIP member. As a thank you, you'll get access to new exclusive content every month. Okay, ready? Let's get to our episode of today. Hi, Anodea. Hello, Erica. Pleased to be here with you. Thank you so much for joining me. For listeners that don't know you very well, can we start by you telling us a bit about yourself, including your yoga journey, and how did you become passionate or fascinated with the world of chakras? Well, that starts way back in 1975, where I hate to admit I smoked cigarettes before that, but that was a really long time ago. I quit smoking. I quit Oh, all sorts of things. I started doing yoga. I started reading everything I could on metaphysics and I started my journey there and the rest is history. You know, I was so excited about yoga and what it was doing for my body and my consciousness that I was one of those born agains that could talk of nothing else. <laughs> Not very many people were doing yoga back then. Mm-hmm. You know, people were like, what's that? Mm-hmm. And so I'd show them some postures and they'd uh, say, oh, well, you know, why don't you teach a class? So I started teaching. Of course, I didn't have a teacher training then. They didn't even have teacher trainings like they do now. So I just started teaching and I arranged my classes along the lines of the chakras and the rest is history. Mm, So right then you'd started with that from the beginning. Yeah, I'd been doing yoga about six months on my own before I started teaching. I mean, I later went back and got teacher trainings and, you know, did a lot of training with various teachers. But um You know, I was teaching for many years before that because there weren't a lot of them available back then. I mean, this was back before people had sticky mats. Uh uh We did it on towels in people's living room. Yeah. So from the beginning, you were using the chakras as a map for your teachings, though. Yes. That's incredible. So before we dig in into the subject of today a little bit more, can we start with the basics? If some listeners are, you know, not really aware of what the chakras are, can we start by just what are the chakras? I'm sure you have a working definition. You've worked with those so much. I have a working definition. Thank you. Because everybody knows them as energy centers, but that doesn't go very far. Uh-huh. Now, what's energy? What, what, what do they do? Yeah. So my definition is they are centers of organization. Mm-hmm. So they organize things just the way your brain organizes your thoughts. They're centers of organization for the reception, the assimilation, the storage and the expression of life force energy. Mm, okay. so they manage the life force energy. They organize it at these different levels. That means they take it in. That's the reception. Like you take a breath in, you're receiving all that oxygen into your lungs. You're assimilating it. Your heart is beating the oxygen into your cells. You're storing it. You might hold your breath mm. or you know, we assimilate food. And if we eat too much, we store it in our belly. 
And then you express it when you exhale or when you talk, you're expressing your breath or you moving in activity, you're expressing and burning up your calories. So the chakras handle this on each of seven different levels. So why does it matter? Why do we want to know more about it or understand how they work, how you hold, how you release? Well, the chakras are taking the world by storm right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to know about the chakras. I taught an online course. We had people from 163 countries. In wow, it. that's amazing. And Congrats. I taught in 20 other countries besides the U.S. and Canada. So, you know, I'm teaching around the world. My books are in 28 languages. So I asked this question too, why? <laughs> and I believe that we are needing systems that guide us in the integration of mind and body with in a spiritual framework. Mm, and mm -hmm. most things, you know, they have spirituality that has nothing to do with the body or, you know, we have the body and massage and things, but it doesn't have much to do necessarily with spirituality, at least the way it's taught. You know, we have allopathic medicine, which just treats the body and says the mind has nothing to do with it. And then we have psychiatrists or, you know, therapists that are involved in mental health and don't understand that the body... Now, fortunately, all this is changing. You mm -hmm. know, but We need integrative systems that map the full spectrum of human potential. And so, it is also a guide for taking us through this period of evolution. How so? Well, I see the chakras mapping onto stages of human history and that right now we mm -hmm. are nearing the end of the third chakra era, which I call the love of power and moving into a fourth chakra era, the power of love. And what we're seeing is the last gasp of this power over, you know, one man on top has the power to make decisions that affect billions of people. That's an old model. And we are growing up and learning to co-create and we're educated and we have the internet and we can communicate. We're changing systems. And that's why everything's such a mess right now. Mm. So just like the chakras have a correlation with the developmental age in children, it also does it for a full society. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Wow, exactly. I didn't think of so that. We had our infancy in society when we were in the Paleolithic hunter-gatherers. That's We didn't know much about the world. We couldn't read or write. You know, we were just developing tools. Then uh -huh. we put seeds in the ground and we learned to plant and irrigate with water. That's the water element of second chakra. And that took us into the second chakra stage. That's when we began to build ships and sail and trade. And that was an evolution in consciousness. Then we came into our first cities and they were organized. I mean, you think about, you know, 50,000 people living in an area the size of our town, Nevada, you know, um, without any technology without anybody knowing how to read and write, without knowing about science, disease, medicine. And that took a strong-armed person to tell everybody else what to do. I'll get this thing together and organize it. And that was the power over model. And that was appropriate back then mm. when society was in its early childhood. But we're not there anymore. We're adolescents. We can read and write. We have the tools of power at our hands. Now we're going to the next level. What will that look like in your mind? Well, I think many things. I think more heart-based, more compassionate, more caring about the underdog, um, more caring about whether everyone has enough to eat and a place to live, more caring about diversity and how we organize and cooperate and collaborate through diversity, um, more collaborative models, even our businesses such as, you know, 
uh, you know, Wikipedia, which is free, and YouTube, and all these free services. And then we have, you know, Airbnb and Uber and Lyft, which is like not having a middleman, just people connecting. You work when you want to. You do it all through your phone. All these collaborative technologies, collaborative economies, um, more care for the environment, which is deplorable right now. Mm-hmm. And um, But I think that as the environment gets more crucial, that's going to come up as a new organizing principle, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we we've you've just mentioned quickly some characteristic of the chakras as we talked about the society evaluating through that. Can we go over each of them quickly and do like an overview of their meaning? What sure. Is, you know their characteristic. So first of all, I work with the seven chakra model. Yeah. Because it's really basic. I find it's really elegant. I find it covers the territories. It doesn't deny that there are chakras in our hands or feet or other places, but the seven chakra model is just so elegant. So the first chakra relates to the element earth. It's at the base of the spine. It's our survival consciousness. It goes down through the legs that are like the two prongs of a plug that plug into the earth. And then when we're plugged in, we've got energy coming up and that starts the journey. Literally like our roots down the legs. Well, roots down the legs and we push into the earth and energy comes back up and fills up the legs and comes and fills the first chakra. We do that every time we bend our knees and you know, straighten our legs. So if we're doing a chair pose and then we stand up, we're pushing into the earth and we're coming up. If we're doing a, a warrior and our front knee is bent, you know, we're pushing it into the ground and we're generating energy into the body. So then we come to second chakra. Once the energy comes in the body, we got to move it through. Mm. So second chakra is water. It's responsible for movement. And, um, you know, it's connected typically with emotions and sexuality and senses and, you know, what we feel. Then we come into the third chakra, fire, that's in the solar plexus. That's our power, our get up and go, our self-esteem, our energy, and that's just our fiery element. Mm-hmm. Chakra four in the heart is the element air. Well, where do we take a breath in? Mm. We fill the chest, we fill the lungs, and that goes into the heart and the heart pumps it through the body. So the heart chakra is soft, it's expansive, it's about love and relationship. It's also the center in a system of seven, so it represents balance. Then we come into the throat. Well, what does the throat do? It communicates. Here I correlate the element sound. The ancient text said ether. Uh, but then they stop. So sound is another element wholly different from earth, water, fire, and air. Mm-hmm. That's about communication, hearing, and listening. We come up here to the sixth chakra, which we think of as the third eye. That's light. It's our imagination, our visualization, our intuition, our dreams, all of that, and also the seed of wisdom. And then coming into the crown chakra, the abode of consciousness, supreme connection, uh, with the beyond, the divine, however you want to say, intelligence, <laughs> all of that. Mm-hmm. So the way you put it now, you started at the bottom, which is the usual progression. But I know you also teach it from the top up. What's the difference there? Why is there yeah. a direction? The yeah. yeah. So from the top down is a completely different journey. Mm. And what I've found, having been you know more than 40 years in the you know, human potential movement, spiritual movement, yoga movement, is that everybody's been trying to get up and out. Mm -hmm. And the world's getting worse and worse. (laughs) And 
it's now time to take our higher consciousness that we've been developing. It, it doesn't mean we stop developing that, but we mm-hmm. take that and we put it in service to the world. So here's where you get an idea. You have an idea to do a podcast series, right? That, mm-hmm. that was a, something that originated in your consciousness or you got it from guidance or I don't know where it came from, but it began as an idea. Then we visualize that. Well, what would it look like to be teaching yoga in a studio? So then you what bring it down back here. You visualize right. it. Coming here yeah. from the raw idea to an image. Let's just say you want to build a house. You've got an idea to build a house. You start looking at all sorts of houses and architectural digest and plans and things like that. So you're visualizing. Then you go talk to an architect. (laughs) I'm ready to build my house. I've been looking at houses, thinking about it. I want this many bedrooms. I want a kitchen like this. I want these kind of windows. I want one story or two stories, whatever. We communicate. Then we have to find all the relationships. So if you're building a house, you have a relationship with the architect with the builder, with the building department, with the bank that's going to loan you money, with all the people that show up to work, with everybody that, you know, with the new neighbors that you're going to build next to, a relationship with the land itself. Mm. So it's all about all the relationships. Then we come to third chakra, the realm of doing, and you've got a list of things to do. You know, if you're going to build a house, you got to do this, and then you got to do that, and you got to do that. You got to find a contractor. Mm -hmm. You got to get approval. That's where all the actions. All the action Mm -hmm. steps. And then what we're really doing is moving things into place. Once you get that plan, then you're moving the boards and lumber and windows and cement, and you're moving them all together in a particular Mm. way. And as they come together, it's really journeying into density. The idea gets more and more dense and more and more fleshed out. We talk about the flesh until it manifests on the earth plane. Mm. That's an interesting way to see it. So why traditionally was it from the bottom up? Well, you know, it wasn't necessarily. Mm, Okay. And I think that that is a bias that came in with a certain stage in humanity of all the patriarchal religions kind of denying the feminine pole, which is the body and the earth and the goddess and all of that stuff and going up into this mind saying, oh, this is so much better. Mm. And I think that that's a bias that then got interpreted through the chakras as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, they're described as condensing chambers that condense the various manifestations of consciousness. Because you don't want one more than the other. You want to have them all align and balance and in the same way. It's not like one is more important. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so as it's a system, it's not individual. There's like general rules from person to person, but is our experience of it through our life different? How is it, you know, varied oh, yeah. from person to person? Anyway, well, first of all, the chakras provide a context, a philosophical context. Uh-huh. You know, so for me, my first chakra stage was I gave up everything and I lived on the land off the grid for a couple of years, you know, that was like my grounding, you know, and then um, a little later I got pregnant and had a baby and that was kind of my second chakra nurturing and, you know, being pregnant, my womb growing. And then, you know, I started coming into developing my career, coming into my power. And then of course I had a growing family and more kids and, you know, that was my heart chakra. And now I'm kind of a global communicator and visionary. And, you know, we talk about in India, people going to their householder stage, their mm. upper chakras later in life. 
So we can have different stages of life. We also have this quality of you want to be grounded. You want your finances to work. You want to be emotionally balanced. You want to have the energy to do the things you got to do. You want to have successful relationships. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to communicate. You want to have a vision for your life. And you want to be spiritually connected. Um, So these are also areas of our life. And so I look at it as a formula for wholeness. Mm. That if you address your life on each one of these levels, you have a good recipe, if you will, for becoming whole because it's a holistic framework. I also call it the architecture of the soul and the yoke of yoga, because we Mm. know that yoga means yoke, how the mortal is yoked to the immortal and spirit to body and Mm -hmm. heaven to earth. And yoga means union and that yoking. Well, what is the yoke? You know, what yokes a horse to the carriage is this structure you know, of leather and wood and things like that. Well, the yoke of yo- of the chakras shows how matter and spirit are yoked together in these gradated steps. So I call it the yoke of yoga. Mm, that's a sweet way to put it. So if they are, or how do we know if they are out of balance and if they need some healing? I'm sure as a healer, psychotherapist, body worker, and as a teacher, you said you were using the chakra as a map. How do you see that in people or how can we see it in ourselves? Is there a specific characteristic of overactive, underactive, things we should look look out for? Yeah, there are. Um, So how do we see it? First of all, we see it in our life. Something doesn't work. Your relationships don't work. Your communication doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You don't have enough energy to get things done. You're depressed or you're anxious. Um, you know, you can't get grounded or keep your finances together. You know, something doesn't work in your life. That's one way. Mm -hmm. Another way is something doesn't work in your body. (laughs) You get headaches all the time, or you get colds and chest, you know, chest issues Mm -hmm. or digestive issues, or you sprain your ankle or you hurt your knee, or, you know, the body will give out in these places of weakness or blockage. And then you can look at, well, if it's, I get sore throats all the time, maybe, mm-hmm. just maybe it's saying something about my throat chakra. And I wouldn't say that that is absolute, mm-hmm. of course, but it's the first place I'd look. And then as we get more um, familiarity with working with the chakras, we can actually feel it. We can feel the energy or what I call charge, which is the same thing as prana mm-hmm. or chi or energy, but the charge, you know, like you see it. A lot of times when people are triggered, it comes up into the throat and suddenly all there's charge here and they get a very little voice. And, you know, it's, you can see the blockage. You can just see it sitting there mm. or you can feel it in yourself. So I developed a whole system of diagnosis that looks at chakras as being excessive or deficient. Mm-hmm. And an excessive chakra is compensating for something. Like you felt powerless growing up And so you want to be in positions of power all the time. Mm -hmm. Or you didn't get enough love and attention growing up. You want to be the center of attention. So that's a compensating response. Then we are out of balance in that we do too much of it. Doesn't necessarily mean the chakra is really functioning the way it should. It's kind of like too many cars on the freeway makes a traffic jam. Mm -hmm. And that's a blockage. Or we can avoid a certain level and avoidant. An avoidant response or defense um, creates a deficient chakra. Like maybe you avoid opening your mouth and talking because you're shy mm-hmm. and your throat chakra just closes down after a while. And when you even do open your mouth, 
it's a little tiny voice. I mean, I see that all the time and students, they raise their hand from the back of the room and I, I'm in my elder years and I go, what? <laughs> Can you speak up? And they just can't, you know? Yeah. Um, so, or we avoid going down into our second chakra and feeling all those nasty feelings left over from childhood. And then that whole thing shuts down and we don't feel much of anything. So that would be a deficient chakra. So you can look at that in either of the chakras. Do we increase our energy to deal with something or do we decrease it in mm. a particular area? Mm-hmm. And so the chakra needs balancing between excess and deficiency in itself. And then the chakras need to be balanced with each other. Mm. So you have just as much head as you do base, you know? Yes. So then within every chakra and then all of them together, creating that balance there. Do you Were you saying that you can feel the energetic difference between, you called it uh, over... I, uh, excess and Excess and deficiency? Yeah. Does that have a different texture in that energy? Um, one is, you know, the way I do it when I'm teaching is I have people just like inhale (laughs) without exhaling. And then you feel sort of like you're going to burst. That's an excess. Okay. But if you exhale without inhaling, (sighs) yeah, you get a kind of depleted feeling. That's a deficiency. Okay. So there's different ways that you can feel and connect to what that means in your body, according to each chakra. Yeah. And so how once you have an idea what is out of balance, how do you bring them back? How do you bring your charge a bit well, more even? Lots of different ways. And I've been doing this for yeah. you know, 45, 50 years. So I've developed an awful lot of techniques. Mm-hmm. But um, one is yoga. Yeah. And yoga postures that um, open different parts of the body, like your chest openers mm-hmm. or your hip openers. Um, they're opening, let's say a chest opener is opening the area where the heart chakra is. And if the shoulders are no longer rounded and they're back and the chest is lifted, you can take a deeper breath. You can take in more air. You have more room for energy in the heart chakra. So yoga, the way I put it with yoga, most of it opens the gate. Mm-hmm. And then the energy can balance itself out. Like if I open the window... Mm. It's warm in my office, but it's cold outside. Well, the warm air is going to go out and the cold air is going to come in. If I left the window open all night, the temperature would be the same. It would balance. So yoga kind of opens the gateway. You can think of chakras as portals between the inner world and the outer. Mm -hmm. So when you open those portals, the inner and outer start to balance out. So that's one way. Then I do a lot of bioenergetic exercises, and I even combine that with yoga in my teaching, Mm -hmm. where we dynamically engage the energy and actually get it to increase either by a particular kind of movement or a breath. And then as that energy increases, we can send it to different parts of the body. Mm. Could you give an example? Well, um, there's a grounding exercise I do where mm-hmm. you stand, you know, feet shoulder width apart, um, heels out a little wider than the toes, and you inhale and bend your knees and exhale and push down and out with your feet. And as you do, you build up charge in the legs. Mm-hmm. Okay, once you get enough charge going through your legs, certain movements um, will bring it into other chakras. Okay. Like you can take your pelvis back and forth like you do in cat-cow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um And that will start to move it up and down the spine because the more you wave your spine around, the more cerebral spinal fluid is going up and down. So you can use the breath to increase or decrease your charge. 
Uh, you can use the voice and sounding and mantras. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use mudras. Um, there's a you can use visualization. So there's a lot of different techniques mm-hmm. for accessing, directing, um, healing. How do you balancing. choose which tool is the right one for you for a particular chakra? You use the one that works. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's different. You know, everybody wants a formula. Like, tell me I how know. many times do I tap Magic on my pill. <laughs> how many times do I pull on my ear to open my throat chakra? And it just doesn't work like that. You got to learn the system and then, you know, experiment over time with the exercises and see what works for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, how do we know what yoga pose to do? <laughs> you know, out of all the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of yoga poses, How do we know what to do in a class? Well, a good class would give you a little bit of grounding and would give you a little bit of hip opener, a little bit of energizing, a little bit of pranayama, a little bit of, you know, shoulder development, you know, a little bit of meditation, you know, a little balance. But maybe, you know, you come in as a teacher and you say, well, what issues do people have going on? And you get a whole lot of people with, you know, a hip issue or something. Well, then you might tailor your class to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you're a person that really needs grounding, then you're going to do more of the grounding exercises until that kind of comes in and becomes more natural. So some self-study, some trial and error, and then you go from there. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so for listeners that want to know more, like either they're students that are beginning in the world of chakras or they're teachers that are looking to have a deeper dive. Do you have any reference, any suggestion for people to study on their own and kind of explore that with their own bodies? I mean, I have, you know, nine books out on different aspects um, of the chakras. If they want yoga, it's chakra yoga. Uh Uh-huh. I've read that book. It's really here right now. You know, the first one I wrote that's best known is wheels of life. Totally. And if they want the psychology, that's this one. Eastern body, Western mind excess and deficiencies in the childhood developmental stages mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that. Do you think uh, that wheels of life is good for beginners? Yeah, it's yeah. a good, you know, beginners uh, for, you know, in general, but I have a simpler book for uh, chakras made easy. Okay. Uh, that's really good for beginners and it has a lot in it, you know, kind of compiled everything I was doing. Great. If you want the, uh, thanks for giving me a chance to do all this, the uh, <laughs> top down, that's creating on purpose, mm-hmm. this is the manifestation current and how to do that. Great. And then my most recent one. Yeah, I was is, really curious about this one. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet. Charge and yeah, the energy body. Charge and the energy body. So it's all about this energy of charge and how it gets blocked and how we unblock it and how it acts in each different chakra and how it creates different character patterns and even how it plays out in relationship and in crowds. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so in politics. And then um, the one that's nearest to my heart, but least known is this Waking the Global Heart. And this is the one that goes through stages of history and where we are going in the world right now and how we make this transition from the third chakra love of power to the fourth chakra power of love. Why is this one the nearest to your heart? I think it's the one I did the most thought the most research, the best writing, mm. but um, a lot of people are not ready for the global story. They're still working on their personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, if I did went to New York and I did, you know, a Friday night and a Saturday night and if one night was on this and the other night was on chakras, I'd get just a handful of people for this. And then everybody wants to know how to heal themselves. <laughs> so, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, where the yoga world can grow into is more activism, more, mm. less of the spiritual narcissism of just preening our posture to be perfect on the mat and actually taking that consciousness and going out and doing something. Mm -hmm. So as we aim for that healing or that liberation through the chakras, we move out of that only a personal journey and bring this into the collective. Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's right. Is there, do you have ideas how we get there? I'm sure you wrote this book. How do we... Part of it is evolving our own spiritual framework and our psychological and physical healing. So Mm -hmm. then as vessels we are more capable of doing things. But then I think it's also connecting with others, tuning into what's going on in the world, being informed, um, you know, finding some way to serve, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's volunteering or if you're too busy working and you have money instead, give money or, you know, wake people up in some way, you know, we're all in this together. And, uh, you know, you could have a perfect pinch of Mayarasana, you know, but if the world's burning, what's that worth, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not only bringing in balance within yourself, but balancing yourself with others, and then that kind of ripples out as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. I also, by the way, have a lot of online courses mm-hmm. that can be downloaded and they're self-paced video courses. We did one called Architecture of the Soul, um, yoga and psychology through the chakras. And I'm just finishing one up on charge called the charge mastery program. Mm. And that'll be done hopefully by the end of the month. If I don't keep on doing interviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, there's some others, uh, there's the mind Valley, uh, chakra healing quest where people go on a quest together. Once they start a new batch every month and for 35 days, they go do one chakra a day in different ways. Uh, they do the psychology, they do the body, they do the activism, they do the upward current, the downward current, they do it all. Cool. That sounds super interesting. Yeah. It's a 20, 15 to 20 minute video each day gets downloaded into your box and you can do it. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's one takeaway that listeners you know, should leave with about the chakras, like chakras 101, what would that be? Oh. I think part of the initiation, I say evolution is the God's way of making more gods, mm-hmm. that we are coming into a godlike period of evolution where we have the power to change the gene pool, to blow ourselves up with nuclear weapons, to change the climate. We need the wisdom of that. And we need to know, well, if we're becoming gods, what is our purpose? And I think our purpose is to create heaven on earth. And that is the connection of all the chakras together being united in this continuum that is the yoke of yoga. Mm. Okay. I'll put all your info in the show notes, but in the meantime, what's the best place for people to find you if they want to reach out, if they have more questions, they want to study with you, where do they go? Yeah, well, I have half a dozen websites, as you might (laughs) imagine, but the main one is anadeajudith.com. Great. And just my name, A-N-O-D-E-A, judith.com. And also um, the rainbowwarriortribe.com. And that is for people that have gone through the quest or just really feel like they identified with that, making a tribe that is here to serve on these different levels. Um, there's creatingonpurpose.net. I don't 
do too much with that. But, you know, there's a lot of different mm-hmm, websites. Mm-hmm. But AnnaMayJudith.com will be the. Do you find to- that that tribe you were just mentioning is a way for you to move into the collective other than the books? Because the books are already yeah. a way to do that for sure, but to be active. Yeah, to actually have people that resonate with this model to connect with each other and say, well, you know, when the Rainbow Warrior tribe says, what are you? Are you a communicator? Are you a mover and shaker? Are you a healer? Are you a visionary? Are you maybe a maker that is more in the earth plane? Are you um, a healer and feeler? Mm. (laughs) You know, and so we can identify our roles in the transformation through the chakras. And then we can incorporate yeah, together. and connect with others who can keep you on your path and inspire you. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, this intro on the chakras. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Erica, a delight, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen. And if you wanted to continue, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat to donate or become a VIP member and get your hands on all our exclusive content. Check out the show notes to find more info about our guests of today and Odea Judith, including a complete list of her books or my top five biggest takeaways from this episode. Before we go, just a last thank you to Alexander Saba, working in the background, creating the music, editing, and mastering this podcast. Once again, guys, thank you for listening. Until next time.